We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parr. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in, Monday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you this morning. We will talk to uh, Jared Ivey, Ole Miss defensive end on today's show. He's got a, uh, a camp coming up. We hit that as well as uh, some other topics related to last season, this season, and more. So talk to uh, Jared here in a bit on the show. Then uh, just kind of recap the weekend, finalize the, uh, the college baseball season. Ole Miss obviously finished that on Friday. Losing to Alabama in a doubleheader to end the season six and twenty-four. We've talked about a good bit on the message board. Be much more in story form, but with that and uh, some national topics moving ahead as well. So again, the uh, podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford, Blue Sky location. Here, you know about the ribs, you know about the lunch specials. They change every day, but every day five sixty-nine, couple sides, bread, any size fountain drink there for you with the Oxford Exxon. They can take care of dinner tonight. If you call ahead, they'll even take the ribs, wrap them up, have them ready to go, wet or dry if you're choosing. And you can get dinner easily through the uh, Blue Sky location here. They've got the fresh donuts, homemade every morning in Brookhaven and Clinton. So if you're in those two areas, stop in, try the donuts. You'll love them. And there'll be more locations for those as time moves forward as well. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Jared Ivey and other guests join on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. Are you a displaced corporate executive? Are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free, so you have nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Or contact Andy anytime at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901. You don't necessarily think of college baseball being a home away kind of sport, but I was looking at the standings a second ago just to kind of go over for a minute at some point today if we were going to do that. 
and only two teams in the league, and this isn't in the league, this is overall, have winning road records. Oh. It's kind of surprising. I, w- I would not have thought that going in, that the dispersions would have been so much. LSU went 12-5 and five on the road, and uh, Florida went 11-7. and seven. No one else in oh. the SEC had a winning record on the road. That's interesting. The year. Yeah. That's interesting. I never, just whatever, That's never would have thought that. Florida and Arkansas share the SEC title. Yes, they both get trophies. One is just the number one seed um, in the tournament. That is Florida here starting uh, on Tuesday in Hoover, Alabama, Ole Miss, and State. The two teams not headed to uh, suburban Birmingham. That ended with Georgia's win over LSU on Saturday. From from listening to and reading uh, comments from both Florida and Arkansas, I think both would love to be back in their respective locales as early as humanly possible. Thursday sounds great. That's, yeah. that's, as you wrote, though, I don't know if Florida offensively, if you can just get them twice in a row like that, if they even show up. Right. I, I, I think that is, that is, that, that is tougher to do. I, I do think the lesser used portion of the Gators bullpen <laughs> is going to get quite a bit of work. Some of those dudes that just couldn't quite get in. You know what? Your ball. Yeah. Here. How about it? You've been saying you want the ball? Here you it is. get the ball. Yeah, I know. It's... Arkansas, on the other hand, I, I think... They, they will, might be home on Thursday. They will come as close to throwing games as one can come. I think if you told Dave Van Horn they're still there on Saturday, he would be depressed. No interest. I mean, he's all but admitted, we're not pitching anybody. Anybody who's kind of hurt, they're not playing. You know, we've always done this running joke thing with South Carolina and Hoover, and they, you know, I mean, they're they're kind of in a weird spot because they they were so hot early, they've kind of cooled off and and whatever. Uh, since two thousand five, so we're talking almost two decades. South Carolina and Hoover, twelve and thirty. I'm surprised they've won twelve. Twelve and thirty. That includes two national championships and a runner-up finish. By the way, I mean, twelve I know, and thirty. I know we're not going to spend much time on it this week because Ole Miss isn't there, but. There's not a lot of teams there with anything to do. No, I mean, I mean, a couple of teams where they wouldn't mind getting somebody. I mean, I'm looking. Well. Let's well, okay. South Carolina, sixteen and thirteen. I guess if they got hot, they could host. Have to probably get really hot. And I don't know what their RPI is. Frankly, they might get host right now because they don't have. They're not sixteen and fourteen or sixteen and thirteen. Maybe I don't. I don't know. They're they're iffy on maybe a host. Um, I don't see. Kentucky and Tennessee are weird samples there. I think Auburn's hosting 17 to 13. They've won at least six in a row. I don't know what they've done before that. I think they've won six series in a row. I think that's right. After starting off, uh, Alabama clearly in the tournament, 16 and 14. But they're not hosting, so they're going to yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah, go yeah, someplace yeah. as a as a damn good two. Yeah, they wouldn't be the best I, the I guess two you would A&M want. A&M probably doesn't want a quick exit. They're 14 and 16. They're it's fine. always iffy. Yeah. It's always iffy. They're probably in somewhere as the three. I tell you, I don't know. A&M's RPI is 34. That's bubbly as all hell. Actually, the A&M needs to win a game. Yeah, maybe so. They're they're almost identical to what Ole Miss was dealing with last year. They play Tennessee? I don't even know. I haven't looked at the schedule. I think that's right. I don't know. Um, South Carolina's RPI is six. They're hosting. 16 and 13 with a mm-hmm. six. You're, you're, you're hosting. They're in. So they're better off just going home. Here's a question. Is Kentucky hosting at 16 and 14 with the number two RPI in the country? Yeah. They'll get the 16 and 14 host. Yeah. Tennessee, do they host at 16 and 14 with a 16 RPI? Probably not. Could they win their way in? Maybe. 
So Tennessee might be one of those because I could. I'm not going to pull up the spreadsheets because it doesn't matter for Ole Miss. If you get to certain numbers with total wins, you, you there is a really good history to host. It's it's the weird thing about this. You can't really play your way into an at large in Hoover, but you can play your way into a host in Hoover. Those are two different conversations based off overall wins for the most part. Um, Georgia clearly out, Missouri clearly out, even though they're in Hoover, they're not making the tournament unless they go and win the entire SEC tournament at this point. Um, Vanderbilt has had a weird deal where you watch them every week and you're not overly impressed, and yet they went 19-11 and 11 and missed winning the league by one game. They have, it's a strange team. They have a bunch of arms. Mm-hmm. Their deal will be totally draw-dependent in the, in the tournament. But they'll host. They'll probably get to a super. And then we'll see. I'm not sure they've got the pitching to win a super regional. Arkansas LSU have top eights locked. Florida has Florida, a top eight lock. For sure. And Vanderbilt's fringy. Even though South Carolina's are South Carolina and Kentucky with those R, gaudy RPIs, I still don't think they're top eight at 16, 13, 16, 14. I know conference record is not supposed to matter, but Hoover might kind of Kind of be a deal there. So anyway, I don't know. That's not really necessarily where I was starting today, but there we are with that. I will, I will say this, and we'll get off baseball for the day because like I said I'm gonna write about it as the week goes on. Um, a couple dates to know the uh, the portal opens May 29th, so one week from today is when the uh, transfer portal gets going. I think uh, the assistants hitting the road this week. Mike did all exit interviews uh, Saturday and Sunday. Went ahead and got those out of the way. I think several players, um, frankly, have been told they're not coming back next season. I don't. I'd like one more source before I just report that on a couple. But um, I do think there is a good bit of movement from that standpoint as far as clearing space, looking at how guys are developing, and then making decisions based off that. That's just where college baseball is in twenty twenty three. But you know, I, I thought that. It's something you don't always see, and I'm going to give Mike a little credit here. Now, in saying that, let me start with this. That doesn't absolve him of the season. He just had a really, really bad season. He's got to fix it next year, and it's what we're going to talk about and we're going to write about for a long time or at least the next month is, is history indicative of what is possible moving forward for Ole Miss, or are they in a portal era and an NIL era where we don't know, and it's completely new and foreign, and you will see what goes on this thing, but – from a speaking to fan base standpoint, Mike did this on the radio and did it with us. He said, I'm sorry. And I thought, not every coach does that. Not every coach goes out of their way, understands everybody's frustration, and doesn't put it off on just everything else. There is something to owning it, saying, hey, it's not just injuries. It's a lot of stuff. We've all got to get better. We know you're disappointed. We know I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. I, okay. Like, I, it, Look, it, it helps nothing. I'm not. It's not giving him a gold star. But – I feel like it's one of those things where I do still like sometimes we criticize a lot of coaches who never take the ownership and on themselves. So if you're going to do that, you have to at least point out when someone does. Sure. I think that's relevant as I was listening to the press conference. Now, in saying that, that does you no hill of beans whatsoever moving forward. No, and I mean – It doesn't. No, No. it it doesn't. I don't don't know that Mike owed the fan base an apology. That's just my opinion. Um, No, it's just understanding you're frustrated. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I suspect he's more frustrated than they are. I'm sure. They were able to sometimes turn it off or pour another beer. He had to sit in the dugout and watch it. Imagine he's quite all nine innings every time. I bet he's quite a bit more frustrated than 
Joe from Water Valley. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Look, I, I wrote this in 10 Thoughts. You've kind of referenced it. I'm, I'm fascinated because I think they have a lot of holes. I'm not nearly as sourced in college baseball as you are, but I've talked to some people who believe that the transfer portal prices are going to be higher this year. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, just because more teams are involved last year, so few teams were actually involved at a high level and kids are going to hold out for more money. And I not saying Ole Miss doesn't have it. I'm not saying anyone doesn't have it, but at some point you run out of money. Yeah, just sure by nature. And these are, um, going to be interesting times because there's more competition the market, kind of like Chris Beard said last week, the market really hasn't been established. Um, and now there's going to be more kids get in the portal to test it. More schools in the portal, at least playing with the idea of, of, of playing in it. Probably more kids you have to pay on your own roster to make them not jump in it. Yeah. And then a school like Ole Miss this year, a team like Ole Miss, I should say, has a lot of holes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Regular Ben says, Joe from Water Valley is the lead singer of Joe Austin and the Tallahatchies. Be careful. I apologize. I'm aware of Joe Austin and the Tallahatchies. Good man. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize for that uh, potential intimation there. Uh, yeah, no, I, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, it's really intriguing. Me is just sort of a nerd on whatever the budget is, whether it's low, high, or in the middle for Ole Miss baseball, how they decide to go about it. Do you try to grab a bunch of depth and a bunch of guys that can help and just go crazy, or do you spend it a little more on a couple elite people knowing that that comes out of the bottom half somehow? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's – and I don't think they know yet because you don't know what everybody's going to ask for. You're, no. you're, 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 Look, I mean, look, you're tampering. You're figuring out who's going in the portal. You're getting an idea, but the full picture is not known here on May 22nd at all especially in baseball and a kid who might intend to get in the portal on may the 22nd might not get in on may the 29th they might they might get it worked out yeah no 100 percent. because sometimes the tampering leads to a conversation which leads to it getting done um i would be blown away if uh dan mcdonald went to alabama that would shock me beyond shock i do think dan mcdonald was looking around and will take a good job if it is coming it's why i thought that Ole miss was in play for him the last two seasons to whatever extent over previous seasons but Alabama's not about to go pay $1.4 million to a baseball coach. They're just not. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. So I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Mark, if you're going to do Mississippi State area golf courses, go to Waverly or Mossy Oak in West Point. Don't go to Starkville. Uh, you can get on either one, frankly, with the right situation. Um, okay. Anyway, that's – Yeah, I don't think Butch is going to Alabama either. It's a better job where he's at. Yeah, for sure. He's getting paid over a million dollars. He's going to host. He's done a hell of a job. He's done a hell of a job. As usual. He's a really good coach. They had one crappy year. That's the other thing about the league, is that the league's full of good coaches. It's full of good programs. I know that the Ole Miss fan out there doesn't want to acknowledge that other... I don't mean this in a negative way. This is this applies everywhere. There's a lot of good coaches in the league. A lot of really good programs in the league. A lot of programs that are, are going to be super competitive, that are, are, are going to be good too. When you lose the league by 14 games, you're way behind. You went 1-5 against Alabama and Missouri, the two programs that care the least in the SEC. Right. That is even – it's not like you just got beat up by Florida and you go, okay, hell, okay. 
The one good thing when you go as bad as they did, you have no alternative but to soul search. There's no every, well every facet. You know, if just one thing, no, no, no. If just one thing, if Hunter Elliott had been healthy all year, would you be six and twenty four? No. Would you be twenty and ten? No. No, of course not. You 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 had you had issues. Uh, stories up on the site. Ole Miss picking up a, a couple commits over the last few days. They get um, rivals two fifty defensive tackle Cameron Beavers. They're an in-state prospect, and then uh, that comes on the heels of James Madison defensive end Isaac Ukwu also choosing Ole Miss. He did that over Missouri and uh, and Auburn. Obviously, a uh, good bit of talk about that on the site, Neil, but uh, two pretty decent pickups in your opinion. Yeah, Ukwu's a immediate guy. He's got one year of eligibility. Also a really mature kid from a, just an age standpoint. I mean, he was a, high, he was a college freshman in 2017. Yeah. Gives him some depth. Up front, at the least, he's he, and perhaps an impactful defensive end who can rush the rush the passer. And then Cameron Beavers is part of a really talented defensive line class in 2024 in Mississippi that Ole Miss is trying to get as many of them as is humanly possible. <laughs> All of them, <laughs> and um, he can't sign until December. So I'm sure that I'm sure there will be uh, I'm sure there will be some drama between now and then but at the very least Ole Miss is way ahead and I'm not minimizing it I just I think we've all learned with recruiting now that you have to be a little careful with you looking at something I was reading that I was trying to figure out what he was saying but I I got it Uh, yeah I mean it's 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 big I mean they're they're recruiting pretty well not pretty well they're recruiting really well at the high school level they've still got some some big guys that are out there that I'm it's kind of fascinating to watch on one hand you and I were talking about this before other than Colorado I don't know that any program has as much portal activity over the last year as Ole Miss Mm -hmm. there are some that are close but I think Ole Miss is right there and then on the other hand, I guess you're running out of hands. On the other hand, they seem to be more active in high school recruiting this time around. Which makes me wonder if, well, it just took a while to get the momentum to recruit these kinds of players. Or if it's this portal thing is not sustainable like this. We've got to do a different way. Or if it's some combination there. Or if it's indicative of, hey, you got to build a little more of a program. We're, it's, this is a multi-year process right now. Could be. Yeah, there's I, a lot of things that maybe I don't know. Yeah. Sure, I mean he sounds good. He's probably not going to open up and tell us all, but there's probably some truth in all of that. You know, took a minute to get, kind of get the momentum. I think they're in pretty good shape from a pay for play standpoint as it pertains to the the teams they compete against outside of you know the big the biggest of the big boys. So. Eight commitments right now for the 20 and 2024 class. A lot, uh, a lot of four-star guys. Five of the eight four-star guys right now. Yeah. Sorry, four of the eight. Half of them. Beavers, Rush, Davis, Williams. Fred Clark, Jeremy Scott, Raymond Collins, Patrick Broomfield uh, rounding out the list there. Two five sevens, which I think is the most underrated number in a in in, in rivals too. recruiting. They're really really good five seven threes that sort of get lost because they have a three next to their name. I would expect some June commitments. I I don't know of any that are coming. I mean, I I, I just know they have some those Friday night lights things that everybody has. They have those. 
Um, and then they'll shut it down a little bit till Dece- till uh, July. And then from a commitment standpoint, I suspect it will slow down some until the end of the football season. And then we'll see what happens. I, like someone says in the thread, it, it's 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 the, the the landscape in recruiting has changed so dramatically that you just you just have to kind of take take the commitment and go, hey, that that means they're ahead. <laughs> Yeah, what does the commitment lead? It means they're the firm leader right now. That's what it means. And they, they, they're in really good shape today. You and, I'm not, the, and I'm not. I mean, most most of the kids will stick with their commitment, but it's just the the landscape's just so wildly different than it was yeah. four years ago. You'd rather have it than not have it. Sure. It is harder to tell someone no once they are commit. You're committed. Yeah, but not impossible. Yeah. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player. He's he's. A really big kid, Beavers is, and um, Pete Golding's done a really good job inside the state of Mississippi, along with Derek Nix, mm-hmm. Kelvin Bolden, those guys recruiting inside the state. They've done a really good job. They have momentum right now, traction, so we'll see. Uh, I think officially done from a uh, Ole Miss athletics for the uh, season. Ole Miss uh, softball losing in the regional final in Utah yesterday. The Utes uh, go 3-0 and in that regional. Ole Miss beat Baylor in the first game, lost to Utah in the second, beat Baylor again to uh, eliminate the Bears, and then uh, lost to Utah in game four for the weekend there in that one. And then I I don't think women's golf made the cut at the NCAA championships, so I think it's all over at this point um, from a uh, from a team standpoint until uh, it gets back up in the uh, in the in I guess August. Um, Ole Miss hired a soccer coach um, from Utah Tech. That's all I got. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I know she transitioned them from D two to D one. Seemed to do a really good job, but I'm sure she's very good. I just don't, I, yeah, I, I know I'm nothing not, about I'm, her. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Utah Tech. I don't know that I did either. That was my response when someone goes, "Hey, what? Tell me." Tell me about, I was like, ah, "Dude, I'm not yeah. there yet. Sorry, I was not well versed on that search as it uh, as it went. So, uh, yeah, I can't can't help you there. Uh, Look like softball did have a pretty good uh, run over the weekend. Um, well, I take it back. Auburn lost in the regional final. Carolina lost in the regional final. Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee for sure advanced to supers. Did LSU advance? I, I was know. I was running on the treadmill and I was flipping for something and for just a minute I watched ULL and LSU softball and then I was like nope 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 flip that's not what you want to do so I ended up watching uh, Braves and Mariners uh, ULL defeats LSU to advance to super regionals oh how about that mm-hmm. ULL's got a good softball program they're good ULL defeated LSU seven four and nine eight at Tiger Park to advance to the uh, super regional round. I called a minute of Georgia beating up on Virginia Tech for some reason. I guess I was watch I was watching golf and it went off ESPN and softball came on. So I caught that and then uh I saw a little bit of Georgia Virginia Tech, a little bit of Ole Miss Utah, a little bit of Auburn Clemson for some reason and then uh a little bit of somebody else, but anyway, that's that's it. I know we're all shocked Oklahoma advanced to super regional play um out of the Norman Regional. Um Oh, they made it? Yeah, they oh. made it. Yeah. Wow, it's close there for a minute. M- M- Missouri's death sentence was enacted yeah. over the weekend in uh, in, in Norman against uh, against Oklahoma. So yeah, 
Anyway, all right, let's uh, let's talk Jared Jared Ivey, Ole Miss defensive end, coming up on the podcast now again. Uh, he's got some news coming up, uh, what he's working on, and then stuff about the uh, the Rebels as well. So we'll do that now on the My Perfect Franchise Hotline with uh, Ole Miss defensive end Jared Ivey. Take a break in the podcast. Tell you about Prime Shrimp, PrimeShrimp.com. Seven different flavors available to be shipped right to your door. Fewer than 10 minutes, freezer to plate with Prime Shrimp. Let them take care of dinner tonight. Everything from the New Orleans-style barbecue to the signature. It's two great uh, flavors that are very versatile. I use them on a ton of things, including lunch. Cut them up, throw them on a salad. They even make a great snack by themselves. Again, fewer than 10 minutes. You get dinner, you get lunch, you get a snack with Prime Shrimp. They're also available in all Rouse's markets throughout Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama. If there's a Rouse's, you can get prime shrimp. The lemon cracked pepper flavor is great. Or you make full meals in a bag. The French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter. So many options there with prime shrimp. That's primeshrimp.com. Use hash, use uh, sorry code RG, code RG, buy five pouches or more, 25% off. 25% off with primeshrimp.com and code RG. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with G&M. You can also transfer your medications easily. To do that, you give them a call, one call, they take care of the rest. So whether that's Holly Springs and Tyson Drugs or G&M in Oxford, that's 662-236-2222. Podcast brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. If you're ready for the Grove, join them at Vault Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 football season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process. To explore seating options, visit OleMissTix.com or call them at 662-915-7159 to help lock the vault today. 662 915 Five nine podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark N E S P A R C two packages the Ignite the 100 Mbps or the Blaze the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio your hometown team bringing you world class broadband that's NESpark.com, 662-238-3159 phone service portal controls network security a wireless mesh extender and much more so call the office for details and get the best internet in Lafayette County again that is 662-238-3159 nine and then last but definitely not least spring is here and it's time to refresh your outdoor spaces heavenly sunshine property services is your go-to for professional power washing from your home's exterior and sidewalks to your deck and patio the team has experienced equipment equipment to get the job done right with the advanced power washing techniques and attention to detail they can remove dirt grime and mildew to reveal a fresh and clean surface heavenly sunshine property services has been serving the mid-south for over four decades their full-service commercial and residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash roof applications, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. So contact Heavenly Sunshine Property today and get a brighter, cleaner outdoor living space. Visit the website at heavenlysunshine.com or give Sandy a call at 662-342-1203. 662-342-1203 to book your free estimate today. Use code MPW10 for a 10% discount. Ole Miss defensive end Jared Ivey, kind enough to uh, join us here on the podcast. Jared, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's good to have you. Uh, we'll start with your football camp. Um, you're you're hosting a camp in Georgia here on uh, Saturday, and then in in Oxford, I guess what about a week later than that. Go ahead and fill people in on on details and how they can 
either join or, or get their the young people in their lives involved? Yeah, so we're um we're at 10 a.m. Saturday. Um, it's a it's kind of a joint camp for the kids and for their uh, m- moms. We're uh, we're uh, doing like an elite skills camp type situation for uh, high schoolers at my high school, uh, North Gwinnett in Swanee, Georgia, uh, and then. At the same time, we're taking the moms and, and uh, giving them medical testing, blood, sugar, mammograms, you know, all types of sorts. Uh, you know, we kind of want to give the moms a break and, and get them away from their from their sons and and, and kind of take care of them. Uh, it's what we're doing at both. But in, uh, in Oxford, uh, it'll be June 3rd. Uh, yeah, still 10 a.m., but um, and it's more of a fun camp, a fun day bounce houses and and all that and uh this one's for all ages so yeah same premise you know different different demographic but yeah it's 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 kind of more about the moms than it is the kids i said does it feel weird for you to go from from being the the guy being being coached to kind of the guy holding a camp and 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 doing coaching yourself (laughs) a little bit but i've been i've been volunteering in uh in, in youth stuff for a while now so Thankfully, I'm I'm a little used to it. Um, I guess what did, I'm curious. What did you uh, What did you learn most in year one in the SEC after you know spending time at Georgia Tech and, and deciding to get in the portal? And I know you had a, an impactful season. Was it kind of what you expected in terms of um, you know the adjustment from ACC to SEC, or was it was that overplayed, or was it was it even uh, more of a learning curve than you thought it would be? Um, to be honest, man, I, I, I think, uh, a lot of my teammates from, from tech could have been successful in the SEC. I think, uh, this, the gap or whatever you, you know, want to call it, uh, is not as big as people make it out the scene. It's, it's more of a money thing, but, um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think there were a lot of maybe bigger, stronger guys in the SEC, but as far as football goes and, and technique, um, you know, it was a lot of things that, you know, I was able to transfer over uh, from my game originally uh, to my game now. What are you trying to uh, focus on this, I guess, this off season as you get ready for, for uh, the 2023 season? Yeah, my main goal this offseason uh, just was to get more consistent in everything. Uh, with Throughout spring ball was just to limit errors as much as possible and limit mental errors and uh, – you know, errors as far as assignment goes and, you know, just stay as punctual as possible going into this season. Who's best, best tackle you faced last year. Who's the most challenging guy that you faced? <sighs> most challenging guy that I faced. I can't remember his name, but I, I, I'll, I'll give props to the, the, um, the right tackle from Arkansas. He was uh he was a good player. On a night like that, you mentioned that game. I'm curious about it because I I, I kind of have a, a theory that that maybe two games got lost that night. Um, when you fall that far behind in a game, is it is it hard when you start coming back and yet you realize that hey, it's this is this is a monumental task to come back from 42 to six, right? Is was it difficult to put that game away, or or did you find on that next Thursday against Mississippi State that you were maybe a little tired? I mean, you guys played a lot of snaps that night, especially the offensive guys, but you guys did too. Was it was it difficult to let that go and get ready for Mississippi State? Um, you know, in my mind, I think it started a week before. Um, 
losing at LSU, I think it was the week before. Uh, Alabama, yeah. Or oh, was it Bama? Won't. Was LSU before that? Yeah, y'all lost to LSU, then you came back and beat Texas A&M. LSU, A&M, Bama, Arkansas, right? Yeah, that's right. I think, I think, uh, I think it, it, it started to go downhill a little bit after we lost to LSU. Because, you know, uh, we came out, we had, a, we had a really good first half. It was a, it was a super competitive game. We felt uh, going into halftime that we were going to come out, limit mistakes, and, and go win that one. And uh, and to see it go sideways the way it did, um, seemingly out of nowhere, you know, seemingly, uh, I don't know, without, I don't know, we didn't feel like we came out and played any different um, in the second half and, and things just weren't going our way. Um, and then to come out and have a close one to A&M when we felt like, you know, we there's no reason A&M should have been in that game with us. Um, I think morale was low. I think confidence was low. I, I think we masked it, but um, I think our flaws started to manifest themselves a lot more late in the season when uh, we weren't playing hard enough to mask them, uh, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? When, when you're rolling and you're rolling and you're rolling and you're playing hard and you're, and you're playing super hard and you're winning games, um, a lot of your flaws you know, don't matter because of, you know, just how confident you are in, in, in your ability to get a win. And, um, you know, when you lose big out of nowhere, um, all in a half, uh, it can it can kind of derail you. And I I, uh, I think after playing another close one to Bama, um, yeah, I think it just – I think I felt like our hopes and, and goals for the season kind of slipped out of our hands after that game. And um, the mental focus just wasn't there. Obviously, at that same time, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because I kind of am curious what you learned from that that you'll take into this next season. But at that same time, all the stuff about Lane Kiffin and Auburn was percolating in the media. I'm sure you guys heard it. You've got social media. Um, was that something that got talked about in the locker room? Was it something that 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 guys kind of whispered about? Did you think it in, in any way distracted you from you know the the task at hand in those games against you know Arkansas, Mississippi State at the end of the year? Uh, no, nah, you know, I don't, I don't think so. Um, we have a we have a player led program, so you know we were going to stay f- focused and go to practice and 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 try our best to lock in as much as possible. Lane was there, you know what I mean. So he's a grown man, and um, you know he's got a vet opportunities the same as anybody, and uh, you know, and I understand that. I think a lot of guys understood that. Uh, and he addressed it. So uh, I, I really don't think that played as major of a, a role as people on the outside think it may have. What did you take away from that season as you get ready for this next one? What is there a different approach that has to kind of happen in, in, inside the locker room? Obviously, you guys have a completely different schedule this year. You've got, you know, at Alabama, LSU in the first half. You got to go to Tulane, a Tulane team that, that won the Cotton Bowl last year. I mean, it's a, a completely different uh structured schedule if you will than than what you guys had a year ago right i think just how heavy mistakes are man uh how heavy mistakes are and uh how close the top is right it's it's not like bama or lsu and texas a&m arkansas are these are teams that are so separate uh going into the year you know we saw especially with bama they had very extremely close games, starting the season off with close games with Texas. And um, so 
just winning winning those big close games um it changes it it, it changes the, the public media on you a lot of people don't watch all these games they uh they check the scoreboard um i would even say a lot of you know i don't i don't know but maybe a lot of committee people don't fully watch these games and um and scores mean a lot to them scores and history mean a lot to them so you know when you lose close ones it it you know, people aren't taking into account your your uh, strength of loss, I guess, are uh, people are calling it now. Um, so, you know, it's really important to uh, to, to stick it out and, and win those close games because, you know, we, we lost five, but one loss could surely do it too. How different is the defense with Pete Golding as the defensive coordinator than the one that you operated in last year with under, under Partridge? Um. I think it, I think it suits our guys a lot more. Um, I know shade the coach uh, Partridge's defense at all because I like this defense. Um, but yeah, we were running a little bit of everything last year. We're running a little bit of everything this year. I think uh, just our our base stuff is is kind of more fitting for for our personnel. Um, was it weird going against your former teammates when you played against Georgia Tech? Was it, I know you we talked to you that week before the game and you were. You were open about, hey, I, I don't really know what it's going to be like and, and that kind of thing. What was it like on the field going against, you know, guys that are your friends, that were your teammates, that you, you know, done those early morning workouts with and all that stuff that, that creates the bonds that, that teammates have? It was, it was definitely weird, and there were definitely a couple of plays where I remember, I think somewhere in the, in the second half, I, it was a long drive, maybe seven, eight plays in a row. And I get up and I look at Jordan. I'm just like, man, I'm so tired, bro. He look at me. He breathing hard, hands on hips. He like, I'm tired too. And um, but once you know, after after subtle little nuances and eye contact like that, when you start playing, you hardly even notice. You know, all the guys blur together and they just become offensive linemen and quarterbacks and receivers at a certain point uh, if you you know are able to focus. When they had the coaching change and all that stuff happened at Georgia Tech in the weeks after they lost to you guys, did you kind of catch yourself feeling bad for for those guys? Did you follow that story much? Uh, I I don't I don't know about I don't uh, you know they went through what they went through. Um, you know, Coach Coach Collins and and the athletic staff over there had to make decisions. And I'm not a part of that. And I, I don't, I don't pull strings and, and, you know, I'm not going to say it was, if I stayed, it, they, we would be Ole Miss and, you know, this or that. So, you know, I, uh, I, I wish the best for those guys. And I, I hope guys that left after or, or just before can find opportunities elsewhere. I hope coaches can find opportunities elsewhere. Um, you know, those are those are at the end of the day still, you know, my guys and I, I spent time and have memories with them. So, you know, I just wish the best for those guys. I'm curious. You're a really smart guy, very articulate. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this at you because fans talk about this a lot and, and you're in the middle of it right now. Um, the the transfer portal, the immediate eligibility, the uh, the, the NIL, the all that stuff is Inside a program, is this going the way that kind of you as a as a college football player thought it would go? Is it is it is it going in a way that, in your opinion, is sustainable? Is this work? Or is there some things that need to be uh, 
uh, amended or kind of just what are your thoughts on on the whole state of the college game today from a guy that's inside a power five program? Um, I think, I think there's good aspects, bad aspects as there is with anything. I think it's a lot more fair than it was 10 years ago when your best players are just getting paid and only the people on the team know, and it's only one or two guys and they're making a lot of money. I think it's a lot better than that. Um, I think, the majority of power five teams in this in this country have the capacity to play a substantial percentage of their players. Um, and I think we're moving to a day where they do and they and they don't hold back in what they do. I mean, I have I have friends who are on teams where nobody's getting paid and their coaches shun NIL and and I I feel like they take a more of a scared approach, you know, and I I'm I'm thankful for Excuse me. I'm thankful for Lane um, kind of embracing it um, and using it to his advantage. I mean, the rule has been made, right? There, there is no looking back, right? So, it, you, I mean, you stay in the past and you lose prospects or you adapt, you know, use this to your advantage, um, pay kids what they've earned um, and try to just stay as ethical as possible. And uh, if you if you take a good mindset into it, I think – um, I think, you know, I think NIL is profitable for, for the player and for the university at the same time. Is it a, is it an issue inside locker rooms when you know, Hey, one, one or two guys are making a whole lot more money than maybe some other guys. And if, if they don't produce, is it something that, that pops up or is it just, Hey, this is, you know, this is the way it is. It's going to be this way at, at the NFL level. You're going to have guys that obviously Patrick Mahomes makes a lot more money than the backup tight end for the chiefs. Right. I mean, it's, there, there's differences, but it, is it something that comes up that you guys talk about, or is it just sort of understood? This is the way it is. It's just the way it is. I mean, that's, you got to understand my, I mean, football is just a microcosm of life. I mean, you go anywhere, you take any job, you, any profession, it's the same thing, Right. Uh, some people get paid more than other people. Some people provide more than other people. Some people provide less. Some people are locked in and well-connected. And some people have a, a, a bigger media following. And, and, and that that's one of the, the most, the, the biggest piece that people don't understand is it's sometimes less about football and your coaches. It's not your coaches cutting you a check, right? A lot of times it's, oh, hey, this kid can uh, promote my product the best. Well, give him a deal and, and, and it's more it's more promotional with company based a lot of a lot of teams it's not every team in the country that just has a collective where you know they're pooling money uh statewide a lot of teams that uh, have multiple teams in state that just can't do that right not enough booster support to do that right it's coming from other companies like and then on top of that it's just, like i said it's just not the coaches money it's not the university's money Right. It's um, it's kids being able to earn that with play and being in, earn that with marketability. And um, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. How much do you try to market yourself? Because obviously you're, you're, you're good at this. I mean, you're good at uh, you're good at communicating, you know, which is and a lot of guys don't really want to do a lot of communication type stuff. You're good at it. How much do you try to market yourself? Uh, to be honest, I don't do, I don't do much. Uh, I, I'm doing this camps, you know, more for the moms and, and, and for the kids than I am for media ex exposure. Um, 
I feel I feel like my game can can speak for itself. And um, you know, when rubber hits the road, hopefully I'll be able to I'll be able to uh, you know be successful and, and be just fine playing football. Um, but for a lot of guys, you know, this this is an extremely lucrative thing. I'm 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 a I'm a good communicator and I appreciate that compliment. I'm not the most entertaining guy or I'm not the funniest guy or I'm not the most pretty boy guy that can go get on TikTok and do dances and stuff like that, right? So, you know, it, marketing manifests itself in different ways, if that makes sense, right? Not a lot of people maybe want to sit on a X's and O's podcast, but they will sit on let's do these skits and be funny and, and do that. So if that's a skill you have, I would absolutely, I would absolutely usually use it to your advantage, um, you know, as long as it doesn't distract you from the main thing. I know you have NFL aspirations that you're, you're draft eligible technically this year. Is this something that you think about that, hey, you know, every, I mean, obviously every football player knows this. You put stuff on tape, tape is tape. This is a big year of tape for you potentially. Is that something that you have to, that you, that you embrace or is that something you just try to not think about as you get ready to play? I mean, well, yeah, that's that's definitely something I embrace um, and, and, and use as one of my uh, motivations. You know, this is a childhood goal. This is a, a lifelong goal. And, you know, to not use it to push myself, would, you know, I mean, it would be I mean, I mean, you might as well you might as well change the energy um, from from anxiousness and nervousness nervous nervousness nervousness into uh in excitement and um you know i try to take that mindset into every workout i try to um you know go every rep like it's my last rep in college like like this is the rep the scouts are watching um and uh yeah it i don't think pressure is the right word right word but you know either way you know pressure forms diamonds so uh I'm uh, definitely taking my my goals and aspirations with me uh, throughout life, and and hoping that I can kind of transform that stigma behind pressure uh, into greatness. Did you watch the draft a little bit this year, thinking, "Hey, this this could be me this time twelve months from now"? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of my a lot of my my guys, my uh, childhood guys, you know, got drafted: Josh Downs, Robert Beal, um, used to train with Miles Murphy. Um, and then, you know, Keon, uh, from tech and then, um, just a, a lot of guys I know, uh, were drafted and, you know, playing around guys like that and competing with guys like that, uh, it, it excites you. Cause you know, uh, I mean, not to a statement with as least hubris as possible, you know, when you, when you feel like you can, you can perform at that level, you know. Yeah, it absolutely it absolutely excites you, especially when I got another opportunity to go out here and, and prove myself another year in the SEC and, and uh, try to make a, a bigger name for myself. How good can you guys be on, on defense this year? I know that you, you lost some pieces. Um, I thought Tavius Robinson had a, a really good year last year. He's put up a lot of numbers that have to be replaced. Um, are you are you deep enough up front? Are you good enough up front to be uh, an SEC championship contender in your opinion i believe so i have i have the utmost confidence in our room um tavis was the only guy we lost and uh we were making strides last year like us at the end of last year was so wildly different from us at the beginning and we were making the plays at the beginning 
Um, so I'm I'm super excited about what, what this what this group can do. We got a a couple guys coming in, and um, I think they'll be able to produce and and make plays right away uh, and complement the people we have now very well. So I'm I'm super excited about this group and and defense as a whole. All right, if I told you that that if the if the gods came down and said, "All right, Jared, football's out. You you're you can't play professional football." But you have two years, all expenses paid, total training. You get uh, the, the experts in, 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 the, in the sport. You got to pick a different sport and to make a run at it. Two years from now to be, to be a professional, what sport do you pick? I would, uh, I would definitely play basketball. And um, I have the utmost confidence in myself that I could, that I could do it. And, um, yeah, man, I, I – if, I wish you knew me because uh, you, you would know you would know that uh, in my mind I felt like I was just as good at, at basketball as I as I am at football, just you know a little undersized. So. so what made you choose football? Just the fact that you were a little undersized on the floor? Yeah, a little undersized. If I if I could have told you uh, how the game was moving as far as people being positionless and um, and size not meaning as much as it does or did before when I was growing up, I probably would still be playing basketball. Um, but, you know, this is, you know, how the dice falls, and and I'm, I'm super blessed to be in the position I'm in. So, yeah. Are you still a basketball junkie? You still watch a lot? At heart, yeah. I mean, I, did you see Jimmy Butler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, can you, how can you not? It's, it's what was, what was great? I mean, I'm curious. Can you bring it up? So I'm curious because I'm, I'm not a trash talk guy. I, and obviously, I'm not an, I, I wasn't anywhere, good, anywhere near good enough of an athlete to play at the level you play or the level that Jimmy Butler and, and in the NBA, for God's sake. But I was never a guy that wanted to talk a lot. And I, I, yet if you talked a lot to me, it motivated me. It got me fired up more than I was fired up if no one talked to me. Right. What was Grant Williams thinking? I mean, you've you've got them kind of you you've got them kind of down. You're you're winning the game. It's a critical game for Boston, right? It's 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 you're down one zero. You're at home. You cannot lose the first two games at home. And and Jimmy Butler's a guy that you kind of know you don't want to turn him on. And Grant Williams gets in his face, and from that point forward, it was lights out. Jimmy Butler was the best player on on, on the planet for a quarter and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I, it, it's a common theme, and it never goes right, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't for anybody. It never goes right, so I don't. I don't know why guys keep uh, keep trying to get at elite players. I don't know, man. It, it's mind blowing. We saw the same thing uh, with Memphis and and um, in Los Angeles. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. So I don't know, man. I, I I'm a, I'm not a. I'm not a, a talker personally myself either, just because for the exact same reasons you're not. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, I don't know, but to to see Jimmy just give him three in a row is just after it's just crazy. Like, well, it's it's so it's so awesome for me to see guys get in that mode and just it just feel like everything's dropping. Like he just can't miss. Like just off one little spat between a guy, um, a guy like what's his name? Grant Williams. Grant Williams too. I mean, he's a good defender and he plays hard, but. That's Jimmy. But I mean, you can't, you just can't deny that's Jimmy playoff buckets. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Eric Spolster said it the other day. He, he talked about Jimmy Butler being one of the best two way, if not the best two way players in the game. And, and he's fantastic. You just don't, I, you don't want to turn him on. And because he was having a good game, but he wasn't having an elite game. You don't want to go, hey, let's just let's turn it up just in case. I just let him let it yeah, let a sleeping yeah. dog lie, right? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. Who's your who's your NBA team? Who's your NBA player? If there's one guy that you watch league passes on, is there a guy that, that when when he's on you're you're if you got time you're watching? Well, you say I'm from the A, so I'm definitely a Hawks fan, but my favorite player is uh is definitely KD. If I had my favorite player is KD, but if I had to play like anybody in the league right now, I'll play like Michael Porter. Oh, okay. That's I don't know interesting. If you watch, yep. I don't know if you watch the Nuggets play. Oh, I've watched the Nuggets probably 50 times. If yeah. MJ touched the rock, it's going up every time. Like it's like it, it could be two, three, four guys in his face. It's going up. The guy shoots with the most supreme confidence I've ever seen anybody shoot with. He does not pass the ball. I think it's so fun to watch, so fun to play. Um, kind of like Clay, uh, that that first year they won a championship uh, in Golden State, where he just was a catch and shoot guy, and he just touched it. He didn't even dribble; it was just going up. So if I had to play, I'd definitely play like that. But but Katie's definitely my favorite player. What NFL guys, if any, do you watch? Kind of looking for ways to to um, I don't know perfect your game to to shape your game. I'm a big Armstead guy. Uh, I like Cam Jordan. I like uh, I like Crosby. Uh, long guys that are very versatile, rush everywhere, uh, play everywhere on rundowns. Kind of, uh, kind of like me. So those are the kind of guys that you know. I look at and 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 think I can pull things from and learn things from. So so yeah, those those three guys right there. We mentioned. Dylan Brooks a little bit there. We talked about Grant Williams. I'm curious on the football field, how much trash talk is there 
play to play and then how much do you guys pay attention to what guys say in the week leading up to a game are you searching for bulletin board if you will uh motivation or is that is that overplayed by us in the media absolutely so extremely overplayed like so unbelievably overplayed right um i don't talk any trash linemen especially really don't talk trash um i mean we just are too tired to (laughs) talk like that Plus, um, it's I mean, the, the people that talk the most trash are the are the I don't want to say least involved, but I, the the least physically demanding positions. Right. You're not going to talk trash if you and this guy are button heads every single play. Right. You just you know, it, it's a lot of a lot of times, you know, people with a little distance from the action. You're talking about wide receivers and corners now, right? These skinny, these skinny guys, they get the job, man. I, but, they, but you know, those are the type of guys they are. You know, they live life that way. And yeah. um, you kind of got to live life that way. Um, as those type of guys, I guess, you know, you got to have supreme confidence to be able to get bombed on and, and come back and, and uh, defend a guy uh, the next play. And uh, as far as offense goes, all these those offensive guys. You know, it's an offensive game uh, today. Um, you you know, these guys, the ball does something to you as a as a man. You know, having a ball in your hands, running with it, it. I not it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's poison. It's just uh, I don't know. It just does something to you, man. Even when you you see a, a defensive guy pick up a fumble or get a pick, looks like a totally different guy, right? The whole defense is acting totally different, trying to return that to the to the crib. You know what I'm saying? The ball just it has that effect over people. You went up against a couple of quarterbacks last year that got a lot of hype. Obviously, Bryce Young goes number one overall. Will Levis falls into the early part of the second round. What were your impressions of those guys? Yeah, Bryce Bryce Young was a stud. Um, we felt like we had them schematically, physically. We felt like we had them, and. Um, and he was just making play after play, at pulling them out after out of situation, breaking sacks, breaking tackles, extending plays, and um, he really was their heart and soul. Yeah, he uh, kind of well, willed them to a win that day. He was he was amazing. Yeah, he was he was he was really good that day. He was really good that day, and that was that was a classic game. I feel like, and another you know situation like that I hit on earlier, where it's like nobody's looking at that loss for. In the media, it's, oh, Alabama wins by the skin of their teeth and survives Ole Miss, right? Um, but nobody nobody talks about uh, how well we played or, you know, the fact that we held them to, like, I think 30 rushing yards and, like, one explosive that – or one or two explosives that got them to 100 rushing yards, right? So it's like, you know, nobody's going to talk about anything we did well in that game and, and, and when you lose – you get swept under the rug, but you know, hats off to hats off to to Bryce and, and Coach Saban and and uh, their will to pull it out, and uh, you know they know how to win in big games, and you know so good on them. But uh, as far as Will uh, Levis, yeah, he was you know another super physically gifted kid. Um, we had a we had a, a great scheme going into that one as well, and then they also had. Uh, they also had the that that dude that running back. Uh, I can't remember his name. Was it Rodriguez had come back? That- yeah, that was his that was his first game back. So they yeah. were getting him super involved, and um, 
and passing a little bit less. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good player and, um, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, he'll be all right moving forward in the league. Um, I think KJ Jefferson was another really good and underrated quarterback, another story of the record. Um, that that had him overlooked. I, I think he had like the year before I got to Ole Miss, I think he went for like seven touchdowns rushing and, and throwing against Ole Miss, something crazy like that. Yeah, it was so that he, 52 to 51 game in Oxford. Yeah. He's a dog. So, um, I mean, I, I blew a sack that I that I remember. I had the guy in my hands and he got away from me. Um, so, yeah, him. Jaden Daniels was a, was a really good player, a composed um, kind of just a sh- straight look on his face type of guy through and through. Uh, and then I played, obviously I played with Jeff, uh, good dude, unbelievably athletic. Um, I wish him the best in Nebraska. So yeah, the definitely, definitely play some guys at quarterback, uh, last year. And I'm definitely excited to, you know, keep doing that and, uh, keep making plays on it. Last couple things you mentioned, Alabama, is that a game you look forward to getting a shot at them in Tuscaloosa in September? Absolutely. Um, that's that's when we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a lot of emotion into that one. Um, feel like the check is coming due. All right, hey, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours. This is fun. I, I don't want to keep any more of your time. Tell the people one more time how they can get in touch with uh, learn more about the camp. Is there a site they can go to that kind of thing for the camp and in in Atlanta and also the one in, in Oxford. Yeah. So the link uh, to the camp is in my Instagram bio, Jared underscore Ivy 15. It's also my Twitter bio, uh, Jared underscore Ivy 1595. Uh, you just click on that link um, and it'll, it'll take you through all the steps you need to register. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, the support from, from you as well as the community. Um, and yeah, this, uh, this camp's about, about the kids, it's about the moms. Um, we, you know, with Mother's Day just passing, we, we just want to take care of y'all and uh, and uh, get y'all the information y'all y'all need to be uh, be safe and be healthy. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here today without my mom and and uh, all the sacrifices she made for me and 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 uh, the times where she put me above herself. Um, and today we, or not today, but at, at these at these camps, we kind of want to reverse that. We we want to you know, get you guys away from the kids and, and, and take care of you. It's a great thing to do. I appreciate you spending some time with us and would love to have you on again. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Jared. Jared Ivey there on the, my perfect franchise hotline. Just uh, an impressive guy, Jared there. Good stuff from him over the course of that 30 minutes or so. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, When his people approached me about it, I was, kind of laughed to myself we, we just don't know the players the way that we used to back in the day i'm not criticizing just as things change i'm not someone who's resistant to change a change change happens um but yeah he i, I was confident I was like yeah we, we probably could do a really long segment with him that would be that'd be cool some of the guys you just don't know them well enough to know whether you you know you you can, can or can't can or can i have no idea just don't know them whenever we get media time with him he's He's always good. He's great. Yeah, I the mean, Bryce Young stuff is so fascinating to me. Like he he didn't take a shot at Will Levis there at all. He was respectful, but obviously Will Levis didn't impress him the way that Bryce Young did. Well, Bryce Young won a football game by himself. If if any other quarterback is on the field that day, Ole Miss beats Alabama. 
yeah. any quarterback. Yeah, for sure. College. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if anything, he was more impressed with uh, Jaden Daniels, with KJ Jefferson, than he was with with Levis. Levis. Yeah. So it was pretty. It was pretty interesting, but it's always. It's always that good off-season perspective, too, that you wouldn't have gotten week after anyway because they're right. in the middle of the season. you got to let it marinate, let yeah. some of those guys get out of here. Yeah, had to know, have some he's time not an to, idiot. Had to have some time to think about it, yeah. Yeah. But tells you a lot about why the Panthers were like, yeah, I know he's a little small. It's okay. Yeah. You got it. No, oh, he's a stud. Um, it's interesting confidence in their defense. I think he thinks they're going to be a little better on defense than maybe a lot of us believe. Um, and then, you know, the the interesting part, and you picked up on it as it was going on, is these guys are in business, right? I mean, this, this, um, this is a big year for him to put tape, put tape on. He knows, like Miles Murphy, who just went in the first round, He's worked out with those guys. I mean, he's got that kind of talent. He's just got to – it's got to come all come together for him this year. And if it does, I mean, he's got a real opportunity to have a decision to make at the end of the year and, and make a lot of money playing in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a little uh, little NBA there at the uh, at the end with, uh, with you. Boat Series 3-0. You could tell that Jared and I both watch a lot of NBA. Yeah, that could have gotten way down the we, rabbit hole yeah, there we, if we, not we, careful. We could have done thirty minutes of, of NBA. I could tell he was oh, you watch a lot of this too. Yeah, like, I was kinda I was kinda not really paying attention. I sort of heard a few catchphrases and stuff he said. I went, Oh, hold on, we got yeah. actual NBA knowledge here. We're not just yeah. hitting a couple of high points. Yeah. So I sort of locked back in a little as he was doing that. Well we taped this on Saturday morning and on Friday night the Jimmy Butler game had happened. And so I think I think one of the reasons he was a little sleepy there is he'd stayed up watching uh, Heat Celtics and I had as well. So uh, we 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 both I think we both kind of perked up at that topic because it was pretty fresh what Jimmy Butler had done to the Celtics. It's a really interesting thing because I saw the message board talking about it and it was a topic that makes a ton of sense to me and I I, I appreciated a lot of the replies and I, I sort of enjoyed reading it a little bit. Just the perspective of what's coming here, because you've got the Nuggets three up on the Lakers, they're, it's over. Um, yeah. And then the Celtics just being run out of the gym last night in Miami. They quit. 128-102. Um, Celtics quit. In a game where Butler was fine, but their top three point getters were all undrafted guys, role players, if you will. Um, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, and Caleb Martin. Uh, <laughs> they are getting 29-22-18 and 18 for uh, for Miami last night. Uh, I'd like to have Duncan Robinson's confidence just one day, <laughs> one day, <laughs> one day, uh-huh. 28 feet out. It's going up. Yeah. He is not aware that he is an undrafted guy who, who and, you know, and he's, he's yeah. apparently not aware of, Hey, I missed my last three. Yeah. Not even a moment. They all go in. Every shot's going in. Um, I don't know. I, I'm as casual as an NBA person as you can potentially be. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm right in the middle, and I'll sure. watch it if I find it interesting. Sure. Um, I have found myself, as the playoffs have gone on, I went into the playoffs in the East being Sixers or Celtics, kind of find myself usually pulling for Boston for a reason that doesn't make sense, but sure, whatever. And in the West... I started just for whatever reason. I like Jokic pulling for the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And no real reason. I sort of like. 
I've talked about this a lot. I like when a one seed and a team that is consistently great gets their title that they deserve. It's one of my sports quirks that I like is, yeah, we all love the underdog, but I like the team that is consistently great getting their championship. Always have. So I found myself kind of pulling for the Nuggets. Well, I mean, Miami is incredibly interesting. You got Butler doing everything Butler's doing. You got Spolster, who's maybe the best coach in the league. You have all these different things going Elite from culture. that standpoint. Nuggets Heat, from a basketball standpoint, is a really interesting series in a thousand different well, ways. I can't wait. But it's not Lakers-Celtics. And I do think there are gr- people out there who are more into the narrative than the play. Yeah where this is not the best thing for TV or ratings or, frankly, maybe even the NBA, even though, to me, I find it much more compelling than Boston, L.A. So, it's probably not good for ratings. Um, the, the TV people are probably a little nervous. They can't, because the average fan can't name a Heat player outside of Jimmy Butler. Right. But or, I, frankly, probably Denver outside of him, out, if, depending on Murray. But I think, and I could be proven wrong, I think the people are going to find that if they give the basketball a chance, they're going to love it. And it's going to be for guys like me who are like, who love to watch it. I mean, I'll sit in here and work and turn on a game here and turn on a game there. And I I love, I love the league. And these are two of the teams that I really like to watch. Um, because of the way they play. I, I, I love what Denver's done. There was a story, um, about the Nuggets after game three where, they were talking about how there were some moments in the last few years where they could have hit the panic button, the acceleration button. They could have traded Jamal Murray for a big name. And Michael Malone, the, the coach of the, the Nuggets, was like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's let this thing marinate the way it's supposed to. Let's basically follow the recipe. This is a slow cook. You could yank the heat up on it, right, and get the brisket done. Let it, but let it wait let, through the stall. Yeah, just chill, just 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 leave for a while, and that's where they are. And and you've built this team now around Jokic, who's arguably the best player in the game, and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And they gambled on Michael Porter Jr.'s back. They were worried about his back, but they said, "No, no, we love this player. We love what he brings, and we might have to." manage his time a little bit at times but but we believe in him and then if you look at their team it's very similar to what Miami's done they've built this deep versatile bench Malone's a great coach Spolster is a elite culture builder um and you see it with Miami last night I mean Jimmy Butler actually looked a little tired mm-hmm. and so they're like okay cool no big deal I mean, I don't think Kyle Lowry gets anywhere near enough credit for what he's done accepting a smaller role. I mean, Kyle Lowry was a superstar, really, in Toronto when they Mm -hmm. won a title. And, you know, Father Time has taken a bite out of him, and he's accepted a smaller role in Miami, and he plays well. I mean, Kevin Love's on that team. Kevin Love was kind of – his back flared up on him last night, and he went from playing a pretty big role in Game 2 to basically playing no role in Game 3. They're 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 deep. They're talented, and and it takes it takes elite coaches to get professional players to uh, embrace a smaller role for the betterment of the team. It makes sense. Not criticizing. It's just those guys to make it to the NBA. You have to be one of the best basketball players 
your town's ever seen, your school's ever seen. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't just get a cup of coffee in the NBA. You you got to be a good player. And when you go roll, you don't get paid as much money. No, you you're giving up money to do that. So you have some older guys, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, who have been superstars before, gotten big max contracts, who are now playing for less and 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 that kind of thing. And so you have to have high character people and. Butler doesn't get enough credit for the for his character. Everybody talks about his athleticism. Jimmy Butler's one of the nicest guys in the league, too. I mean, well, I don't know what the hell Grant Williams was thinking the other night. That was so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I watched it going, what are you doing? Do, do not do that. What are you doing? That's, that's... Um, but, yeah, look, the, the, the Heat are an eight seed. The Heat are every, the, the, the Heat are everything about, like, what – people like me kind of talked about all year when you talked NBA, I didn't do it here much, but when I talked to friends and stuff about it, I thought the league was deeper this year. There's just not many, there aren't many horrible teams. There's a few, but there aren't many league was pretty good and they got hot and they beat Milwaukee and they beat the Knicks and they're going to beat the Celtics. And I'm not counting them out against Denver though. Denver right now looks like a championship team. They do. They look like they're just running through. Because the Lakers were ready to go game three. I mean, that that arena was crazy, and there was like this sense that this was going to be this big Hollywood moment, and the Nuggets just wouldn't let the Lakers do the Lakers thing. And it was it was fun. I mean, it was white watching it, but you're like you kind of feel like you're watching a coronation. I can get behind Heat or Nuggets winning. Frankly, okay, I'm good. The Heat winning from the play-in game with the dominant superstar trying to get his ring. I can get behind that. I'm in. Yeah, sure. Might even pull for Miami, frankly. Uh, no, Chet. My NBA uh, stuff got really stirred up when my brother lived in Oklahoma City, and I got to go to a lot of Thunder games and just got into it. It was a lot of fun. The Cubs were shitty, and I, I watched a lot of NBA and got into it and, and really liked the product. It's a two and a half hour product, and there are a bunch of good teams and a bunch of good players, and it's kind of fun to watch. And my good son, live game. My son's into it. Uh, we enjoy going to games live. He gets really excited about it. So that's that's where that comes from. It has nothing to do with being a contrarian. Mellow, nineteen seasons, officially announced retirement today. Not a shock by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Obviously, uh, finishes number nine on the league scoring list. Never wins a title. Wins an wins an NCAA title with Syracuse when he was there. Um, legacy still, just think, as one of the biggest scorers in history. I mean, that's where yeah. we are here, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, ten time All Star. It's hard to win a title. Mm-hmm. We can list a bunch of great players who didn't win a title: Carl Malone, John Stockton, Dominic. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley never won a title. Yeah. There aren't. 10 players in his era who were better than Charles Barkley. It's hard to win a title. I mean, especially when you played in an era when Michael Jordan and then Kobe Bryant dominated it. Hard well, they, to, they, they took a lot of the titles is the problem. So there's there only one, left. There's yeah, only yeah, one yeah, a year, yeah. you know, and it's hard to, hard to get one. Great I mean, elite scorer. One of the coolest people. <laughs> I mean... He just oozes cool. Great, he was a great player. 
I don't the whole not winning a title thing. It should it, it won't count against him. He he's first ballot. It's he and Malone, the two most prolific scorers of all time, without a title. Malone's like second all time in points yeah. or something. So yeah, yeah, I mean, or whatever. So and if Michael Jordan's just mortal, Carl Malone probably has a couple of titles. But Jordan was not exactly mortal on the court. I mean, who? I mean, not to go down the whole Michael Jordan rabbit hole, but who knows if they don't have the whatever you think happened where he took some time off. It's possible Hakeem Olajuwon never wins a title. Oh, sure. They got a couple right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they they found a window. Yeah. There was a, there was a little window there. You better take advantage of at yeah. that point. And they That's, did. Yeah. Patrick Ewing never won a title. Played in the game seven. That, that was the 94. Mm-hmm. The, the day. The day. Yeah. The OJ, the Griffey, the Arnold Palmer, the ticker tape parade, the whole deal. Yeah. They should make a documentary about that. They really should. Like should. 30 for 30 or something. Yeah, big day. Uh, I know no one's watching, but the uh, NHL Western Conference Finals has gone to overtime both games. Vegas wins both uh, in overtime against Dallas here in a, uh, just a hell of a series to to date. Um, They've both been great series. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... it's Charles Barkley talking about uh, Keith Keith Kachuk and uh, his son. Yeah, what's the son's name? The one that plays for the Panthers now. I don't know. Was he really? Yeah, Barkley yeah, was about yeah. this. Barkley was talking. Really? Apparently, he and and the elder Kachuk are, are are good friends. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, Charles Barkley. I was gonna say this. Charles Barkley is a national treasure. That inside the NBA yes. show, even if you hate the NBA, you should watch the pre and post game. Those four guys together, that is that is an elite level of chemistry, and they're all so good. All four of them, Ernie Johnson and Shaq and Kenny Smith and and Charles Barkley. It's that that show is awesome, and Barkley is just Barkley's a, a treasure. Do you watch any golf at all? Um, I saw the hole in one. Michael Block, the club pro. That 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 storyline was story. really cool. Really cool. And then he's now gotten two exemptions moving forward. He's in the Charles Schwab at Colonial and the RBC uh, Canadian Open. He's playing next week, right? Yeah, this week in yeah. Fort Worth. Their their kid goes to TCU. Their his boss's kid goes to oh, TCU. His boss's kid. Yeah, because he's TCU. laughing. He was like, "Hey, can you tell my boss I need a week or whatever?" And he goes, laughed. He goes, "No, nah, his kid goes to TCU. We're good." Okay. Yeah, I think I'm right on that. Um, and then I I, I saw where um, what's his face um um. The one that everybody hates. He won. Kepka. Yeah, Brooks Kepka. I still haven't figured out why everyone hates him, but um, <laughs> everyone seems to hate him. And, and Golfers so, don't like guys who don't take golf very seriously. That's yeah, part of it. Okay. He's a mercenary. He only shows up for the big events. Kind of like doesn't yeah. really have any interest otherwise. He's really good. Oh, he's exceptional. I yeah. mean... He's getting in really airified air, frankly. I mean, you look at it here. It's five majors now, three PGAs. No Masters, no U.S. Open. Um, oh, has the U.S. Open? No, no British. Um, but I found the thing here. I mean, legends. I mean, five or more majors since World War II. Brooks joining the list. 
some of the names on this list, Seve Ballesteros, Phil Mickelson, Nick Faldo, Lee Trevino, Arnold Palmer, Sam Snead, Tom Watson, Gary Player, Ben Hogan, Tiger Woods, and Jack Nicklaus. No. Oh. I mean, I mean, I'm not Mr. Golf, but I know every one of those names. That's what I'm saying. I mean, P- here's one too. PGA always kind of known as the last major for a lot of reasons. A club pros are playing in it. It's just sort of the fourth of the four for a lot of different reasons, but nothing but studs winning these things. The last seven PGA champions, Justin Thomas, Brooks, Brooks, Morikawa, Phil Mickelson, JT Brooks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a list. It's not like the, Hitting giggle guys so coming in. You're saying it's difficult to win a, a golf major. I'm saying that yes, majors are tough to win. <laughs> typically, the, the the slap doesn't come in and, and and take advantage of it for 72 holes. At some point, he becomes very very mortal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Breaking news here yes. on the show. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to win a championship, and it's hard to win a, a golf major. It is. There you go. Yeah, his fifth major yesterday, tying tying Byron Nelson and Seve Ballesteros, and then. Uh, if he gets one more, he ties Trevino, Faldo, and Mickelson. So the knock on him is he just doesn't really seem to care that much. Well, I mean, he's had his fight with DeChambeau. He went to live, although he sort of walked that back now a little bit and said had he been healthy, he probably wouldn't have done it. That I think part of him went, hey, let's get some money because you don't know injury-wise what's coming here. I get it. Um, He's obviously healthy now. Yeah, he's just sort of – I get it in a way – why he's not liked. It also is the same thing we talk about all the time is if anybody's kind of different or contrarian or says things or whatever, we want to like lambast them. So going, thank God it's not everybody is this just all shucks. Great shot country club kid who we end up getting inundated with on the PGA tour week after week after week after yeah. week. Um, so no, I, it's kind of like, it's kind of like baseball relief pitchers. Yeah, They're Kep- all the same. Kepka is a very, to me, he's very, he's very much a, 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 almost kind of a beloved villain a little bit. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm completely fine with him. Yeah, he makes golf more interesting. He does do so that. Make it interesting. He does do that. That's the answer. I mean, I was watching a little of it um, on the treadmill yesterday. Obviously, you could tell that he was a big part of the the big part of the storyline, yeah, sure. and it was in, he he absolutely makes it more interesting to guys like me. Who don't completely understand and all there the, is all the something drama. that's not just hey I don't care and suddenly I care the mentality of guys to be able to show up in the biggest tournaments that's a mental thing that's preparation that's not cowering in a way that frankly has happened in a lot of ways so anyway all right uh interesting big ten story from uh Pete Thamel. We'll talk about that tomorrow. So if you'd like to do a little homework, we'll uh hit that on maybe everything not so rosy in paradise there in the big ten. And uh, I hate to break it to people. This summer is going to have not with us, just in general. There is going to be a lot of realignment talk. Yeah, it's it's going to fill the next ninety days. It's it's just it's just right there. Yeah. So there's a story we'll talk. We'll tease it today. Talk about tomorrow too. There's a story. I think it's the Athletic. I can't remember. Somebody wrote it. That the list of lawyers who have been in the ACC offices Uh-oh. studying the grant of rights. That's funny. It's pretty intense. They're all, it's all pretty obvious what everyone's looking for. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, take care. Rebelgrove.com. In the meantime, good bit of content over the weekend and this morning, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the planet premier league podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.